Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's second highlight episode, we've got Brian Selke. He runs Best Friends Gallery in Arlington Heights. And we're also going to chat with Benjamin Gardner, who's got a show coming up here this weekend, July 28th. So you want to check that out. Once again, these highlight episodes are meant to be a little bit more condensed and shorter and bring you a bit more diversity in terms of topics. So hopefully you'll enjoy that. Once again, if you prefer, you can listen to this podcast in iTunes. Just search for Studio Break under the iTunes store. You'll see that we have 37 full episodes aside from the two highlight episodes. So if you like full, in-depth interviews with artists talking about their work, their evolution, please check it out there. Once again, you can go to the Studio Break blog and, and follow us there. Go to the Facebook community page and see what kind of updates and goodies we have coming out that way. So please hope you all check that out. And once again... It gets lonely, so please give some feedback. Say hello. Let us know how you're doing. All right, now that we've got that out of the way, we've got Brian Selke, followed by Benjamin Gardner. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break, and um, I'm happy to be joined this afternoon by Brian Selke. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent, man. Um, well, you know, as as uh, as you know, we've been... Uh, e- exchanging emails back and forth, and I've been out to uh, your space a, a couple of times, and that's kind of why we're here to talk about, um, well, to talk about that. But um, if you could just give us a little bit of background before we get started on that, it'd be great. Yeah, well, I, uh, I started, uh, you know, I started making art uh, in high school, and then uh, started studying art in uh, college at Illinois State University, and I uh, just received my BFA um uh, my Bachelor of Fine Arts degree from Illinois State University. Um, and then, uh, you know, after I graduated, like uh, like some other of, uh, uh, of my art student friends, was, uh, you know, lucky enough to have parents that allowed me to move back in and, uh, you know, save a little bit of money on rent, which, uh, sure. you know, brought me uh, brought me back to playing with, uh, playing with my old treehouse again. <laughs> well, and so talk a little bit about that. The goal for me was really to try to figure out how to uh, how to be productive in the suburbs, and you know how to uh, how to be productive in my parents' house again. And uh, you know, try you know, I kind of I turned my bedroom into my studio, which is uh, you know quite a bit different than having you know your own space in the art building. Um, so uh, so you know, after after a few months of being home, it was just sort of like you know I I, I really needed I, I felt like I really needed to do something, and I felt. Uh, kind of hungry for for uh you know a conversation with artists because that was what i missed uh being out of school the most was just you know being surrounded by other artists talking about art all the time and uh you know kind of just constantly being involved in that that discourse because that was what uh that was really what was driving my work um the most uh at the time so uh so i was you know hanging out in my backyard and you know i was looking at this this old tree house that uh that uh, i used to play jurassic park in Back in the day, uh, my mom built it when I was five. Um, so the, uh, the the tree, the original treehouse space is uh, is actually 20, 20 years old. 
Um, so I thought, man, this might be a good place to, uh, to show art and, uh, you know, bring, bring people in. So, uh, so I, I, uh, I started working with my friend Neil Vandenberg on, uh, on constructing and renovating the space and adding this white cube in the, in the middle of the, uh, the old framework of the treehouse. Nice, nice. And so, um, you know, what, what, what did you decide in terms of pushing forward in terms of the, the first show, I guess? Well, the, the, the whole, the whole idea was of the space sort of, uh, it's sort of mimicked in the, uh, in the way that it looks and the way that it's designed is the, the art space is sort of housed, um, within this, uh, you know, sort of childhood relic. And so I wanted sort of the integrity of the, the, or the innocence of the, the, the original space, the original sort of, uh, um, uh, the original treehouse to sort of drive, uh, the way that the, the space got run. So I wanted to, I wanted to invite artists to come show the same way that I would invite my friends over to play when I was a little kid. And so, you know, when I was, you know, when I was little, it'd be like, Hey, you want to come over and play Jurassic Park? And then, you know, my friends would, you know, bring their, bring all their action figures over and, you know, we, we play in the backyard. And then, uh, so I wanted, I wanted that same, that same sort of, uh, um, that same sort of situation to happen with artists where, you know, I'm not, I don't really consider myself a curator as much as just, uh, an inviter, um, for artists to kind of come over and instead of bringing action figures, you know, they're bringing, they're bringing their work. And then, uh, you know, they're the ones that are dealing with the space and trying to figure out how to make it make it their own because it, you know, I feel like, I feel like my work is sort of done kind of just building the space and inviting the people over. It really becomes a space for artists. Uh, I believe Todd Reed said it, said it the best. He called it the art oven. And, uh, <laughs> I really, I really liked that, uh, that way of, way of describing it. Well, and so could you talk a little bit about some of the shows that you have had there? Yeah, well, um, all, all the shows, uh, that have happened, uh, are, are people that I have been friends with for a while and, uh, um, people that have had an effect on me and my own, uh, progress as an artist. And so, um, you know, my desire to invite, uh, the people that I have invited, uh, has always kind of come from sort of friendship, uh, that's, uh, that sort of started the whole thing. So we've had, uh, um, you know, we've had people that were my colleagues, people that were my professors, people uh, that were my mentors, and uh, you know, there's a wide there's a wide range of, uh, of of work that's sort of starting to present itself because I'm I'm trying to do as many shows as I possibly can. So, you know, we've we've done uh, painting and sculpture and found object work and you know, site specific installation and um, you know, so there's really a, a wide range of uh, of materials and sensibility that, uh, that's starting, uh, starting to sort of present itself. So I'm excited about the sort of the wide spectrum of, uh, of stuff, because for me, it's really more about the interaction with the people. And then the, you know, the space is what kind of dictates the art with, with the artists themselves. But you know, what, what, what is that like in terms of, um, you know, people coming in and, and kind of working with the space? Is it a pretty straightforward process and that, you know, they get like a, you know, couple of days to deal with it or is it just kind of depend on the artist or what, what's that aspect of it like? Well, it, it 
all it all really depends on uh, it all really depends on the artist and and their sort of process. I mean, um, some of the some of the shows have been uh, installed in you know maybe an hour. And uh, you know, for example, Diana Gabriel had uh, an installation that took a week to uh, to put together. So we had we had three people working in my backyard for for about a week to uh, um, to put hers together for for Ben's show coming up. He's coming in at I think like one o'clock in the afternoon, um, and so uh, you know we'll have the show will start at seven, and so we'll have you know we'll so we'll have. Uh, you know, one to we'll have six hours to kind of figure out how to uh, kind of install and light uh, everything that uh, that he has going on. But that's that's always my favorite part. You know, the the show becomes this this sort of spectacle for the people that uh, that come. But my favorite part of the whole process is that that installation period because that's when I really get to get to deal with the artist and really sort of uh, you know kind of. Um, see what they're all about and how they do things. Cause I really, I, I try to be as hands off as possible and really just be a facilitator for whatever they need as, as far as lighting or paint or, you know, whatever, whatever they need to kind of set the playing field for their, their work. Uh, I just, I just try to kind of facilitate whatever they need. And, um, and then it really becomes for me sort of a, like a back, like a, like the, the back door, uh, um, kind of like behind the scenes. I feel like I get to to see the behind the scenes of the install and everything. So, uh, so that's when that's when I get to hang out with the artists and talk with the artists, and then uh, you know, then the, and then the show happens, and then it's like you know, it's a party, and uh, everybody gets to have some have some fun. Sure. Well, and I think one of the things that's really interesting about this, and I was talking with Ben earlier, um, you know, c- certainly I, I think that the the context of it is i don't know it's it's hard to it's hard to look at it the same way that people think about i don't know i don't know like if i had a, if i had a big show at a museum you know my work is only going to be seen a certain way and i think that you know one of the things that's great about that the space is that you know you play you have to play around with the way that it's going to be potentially received differently um you know just be, like in terms of say something like scale you know if you normally having like these giant walls to deal with these giant spaces you're you know not dealing with a much smaller space but have you have you noticed any shifts in terms of like i don't know a way that an artist has kind of adapted to that to make it i don't know more interesting than you even kind of normally saw their work um prior to that um yeah well i mean the the space the space has this funny way of sort of it sets up a lot of obstacles for for artists because the space is so different and it's so small and it's already so kind of charged in a way um, that it, it presents a lot of it presents a lot of sort of issues that I think um, would normally be maybe potential problems but you know sort of dealing with those uh, sort of obstacles really it's it's funny because the I, I can kind of see the space sort of helping navigate the way that the work should be shown, if, if that makes if that makes sense. But uh, um, it's it's really kind of fun to see, see people deal with it uh, differently because it's it is so uh, you know it it is such a it is such a weird a weird space. Sure, sure. Well, and one of the other things that I that I wanted to hopefully talk a little bit about too is that I, I guess. Um, You've also expanded out from just uh, uh, 
the treehouse. Yeah, well, the you know it was it was operating the the space was operating as the treehouse gallery, and uh, and a few a few people had mentioned they were like you know well it's not in a tree you know it's it's more of a it's more of like a you know it's more of like a fort than than an actual treehouse. And I would always say, well, it's made out of trees, so you know it, it still kind of works. But uh, but what happened is is uh, one of my best friends, uh, Casey Van Heck, she has this uh, this beautiful uh, handmade uh, playhouse that she got for Christmas one year that her dad built for her, I think when she was like eight years old, and um, and she still had it. It's collapsible, and uh, and so we were we were talking, and uh, uh, you know um, the. The idea came to kind of do the same thing with with her space that that I did with the treehouse because it was the same sort of childhood, um, you know, this 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 thing that had survived, you know, childhood, and so it was this you know charged nostalgic memory object kind of thing, and so uh, so we thought, hey, let's you know turn that into a gallery too, and we'll have the treehouse, and then we'll have the playhouse, and then the playhouse can be this sort of mobile. Kind of extension of the of the space, and so um, so the more more and more we talked about it, we tried we tried to you know sort of curate shows through that, and so we had the playhouse and the treehouse, and then uh, you know we were we were just talking about it, and you know we 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 uh, we came up with the idea of calling it just best friends gallery because uh, you know we're best friends and the spaces are really similar, and uh, you know it might be good to kind of join forces and operate you know operate kind of with a more of a and, and less of a space. So this idea of, you know, you know, best friends, you know, kind of making art together, showing art together, talking about art together, you know, um, you know, kind of networking and, and doing all that stuff through, through friendship and, uh, and doing all that. So then, uh, so then we kind of, and plus it, it solved the, the problem of my treehouse not actually being treehouse. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so we, we we just started. We just changed the name to Best Friend Galleries, and then uh, and then you know added the playhouse. She brought it up and uh, put it in my backyard. So now it's living in my garage. Um, but uh, you know we we bring it out and install it when we need to. And then uh, so that that sort of probed this sort of this sort of idea for me to kind of continually continuously change the space and sort of evolve um, with uh, with everything. And so. So I noticed that there was, you know, this whole space underneath the the original treehouse that I had built that uh, that would be, be able to house walls the same way the uh, the upper portion did. So so I figured we could have the treehouse and the playhouse, and then I added the sandbox gallery. So now it's just sort of now it's just sort of spreading. So now I feel like I feel like Best Friends Gallery um, can operate and kind of be implemented into really any any sort of space that you can show art. So it doesn't really need to. So it's not it's not as site specific, but more more of a more of an idea. You know, I, I believe that you had told us you had said that uh, your neighbor from the backyard, who I don't think that you had much contact with, had started coming over to check out the shows. Oh yeah, Cliff. Cliff is Cliff is now a good a good buddy of mine, and. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he, I mean, this is, the, it's kind of the funny thing, like, uh, you know, we've, we've lived, you know, basically next door to each other, but he, I mean, he's behind me, but, uh, you know, we've lived that close to each other for, you know, I've lived in the same house for my whole life, so 25 years, and, uh, you know, never, never talked to him once, and then, uh, when, uh, when we were constructing the space, 
uh, he kind of came, he kind of started poking his nose around and was like, you know, what are you guys doing? Like, what's, what's going on back here? And then, um, you know, we told, told him we were building an art gallery and then we told him that we were having an art show. So he came to the first one and then he came to the second one and he came to the third one and, uh, he sort of been like the honorary mascot of uh, the treehouse, and he was actually the one that suggested building a space underneath um, the treehouse. He was like, you know, you should you should build another space right here. And I was like, oh, that is a good idea. And the sandbox, you know, was kind of built um, a few uh, a few weeks a few weeks after. But uh, but yeah, but I mean that and and that's sort of uh, that's sort of the beautiful thing about this project. And even even you know, you're you're an example too of you know the way that best friends gallery has, you know, it's, you know, I've made more friends like, uh, through, through this, this sort of, through this sort of space. So, uh, so, you know, now, uh, and it's funny too, because, uh, cause Cliff really didn't, uh, didn't have any, uh, you know, he's, he's been engaged with the space. So he's learned, he's learned a lot and he's, he's, uh, he's become, much more excited about art in a way that he never really was before. So I feel like, you know, it's, it's opened him up, uh, to the ideas of contemporary art in a way that, uh, you know, I kind of want to do, you know, I, I think that contemporary art should exist in the suburbs and, uh, and you know, so it does, <laughs> it does now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, that's a, you know, that's one of the things that's so fun about it to me is that it kind of just demystifies that idea that, you know, um, you know, contemporary art is just o- only overly over the top and, and, you know, really heavy handed. Yeah. Well, it, 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 uh, I like, I, I like the space a lot cause I think it, it kind of deflates the, the pretension that it can usually sometimes surround, uh, art in a, in a weird way. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, you know, just, um, just to kind of, uh, close this out a little bit, um, could you tell us a little bit about, um, well, certainly Ben's show before you before you take off, but then also maybe um, some other things that you have coming up to look forward to before that? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm really excited for Saturday because, A, I haven't seen Ben in a long time, and he's uh, he's one of my favorite people on the planet. And, uh, uh, you know, he was, he was actually my drawing fundamentals teacher my freshman year of college. So, you know, he had a, he had a big part in sort of my, my upbringing, so oh, I'm I'm really honored to ha- you know be able to bring bring him back and uh, and show his work. Um, so we, he's going to have some some painting and sculpture, um, and uh, I'm really excited to see because that's that's also the the fun the fun thing is that it, it's always sort of a mystery what people are actually going to do with the space. I never really know in advance. So um, a lot of times it's just sort of like, hey, do you want to do this? Um, are we going to be able to schedule it? And then you know just kind of bring. And so I was talking with Ben on the phone. He's like, you know, I'm just going to, he's like, I'm, I got a bunch of stuff to bring and we'll kind of figure out, you know, what we're going to do and how we're going to use it. And, uh, so I'm really, I'm really excited to, you know, kind of catch up with him and, and, uh, figure out how his work is going to work in the space. But then, um, yeah, coming up, I mean, I got, uh, I got plenty of, uh, plenty of friends that, uh, you know, I haven't, uh, that haven't shown in the space that, that obviously need to show. Um, so I have a, I have a long list of, of kind of people that need that I need to you know get the chat mark by, um, but the next uh, the actual the only the only scheduled show that's uh, coming up next is uh, Kendra Kendra Bates. Uh, she's she's the uh, she's actually the curator of uh, University Galleries uh, at uh, Illinois State University, and um, 
and she's going to be uh, uh, she's actually going to be curating Best Friends Gallery, and so uh, so she's she's gone. She's actually going to be curating sort of my entire backyard. So uh, so I invited her to uh, to kind of come and take my place. But Kendra's show is going to be September fifteenth. Well, um, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us about the space, and you know, hope, hopefully to look forward to seeing more and more exciting stuff coming out of there. So I hope everybody checks it out this weekend, uh, the twenty eighth, and then in September. Yeah, well, thanks, thanks for coming, and thanks for making the trip the the trip out to the space. All right, and now that we know a little bit more about the space, here is Benjamin Gardner. Welcome back to Studio Break. I am here with uh, Ben Gardner. How are you? Good. How are you, Dave? Uh, pretty good. It's it's nice checking in with you uh, again. It seems like a fairly regular occurrence, uh, your, yeah. your appearance here. So, um, well, first, you know, I, I just want to kind of check in and see what we've uh, missed out on, I guess, because it's been, gosh, um, nine, ten months, I think, or so, since you've been on Studio Break the first time, and... Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about this upcoming show, but uh, any anything happened in that period of time that was uh, pretty good? Or um, well, I had uh, exhibition. I think when I talked to you last, I was uh, just getting ready for the exhibition at the Curiar Guild, um, and that uh, went well, I think. And then uh, I I got to go with my wife Amy. We got to go to Peru uh, in May, and so we were in Peru for two weeks, and that was pretty uh, pretty shocking and amazing. Nice, nice. The great experience, yeah. And then, uh, and now I'm just busy preparing for a couple shows. I've got uh, two or three shows in the sort of Chicago suburbs, kind of. Uh, and then I've got a show here in Des Moines in September, and a show at Heavy Brow Gallery in September as well. Nice, nice. Just getting ready for for all the the, the wave of exhibitions, which is really fantastic. Sure, sure. Well, and, and, you know, it, it kind of makes me wonder, too, because my memory gets foggy about uh, looking back on these things. And I'll tell you, Ben, I didn't, I didn't re-listen to our first interview for, for preparation. But, um, <laughs> um, well, well, you know, I, I, know that, I know that initially, you know, we might have focused a bit more on just the um, maybe more of the 2Ds aspect of, of what you do. And, you know, obviously you've been working really three-dimensionally, um, it seems like the last couple of years and, and kind of really pursuing that. And I know that, um, having just kind of seen pictures and, 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 um, seen the show in, in Peoria, you know, you really kind of had this, um, it's just a different kind of way of dealing with the space when I think you're dealing with things sculpturally. So could you talk a little bit about, I don't know, maybe, uh, some of the things that have kind of gotten brought up in terms of going a bit more in that direction, or if, if that's again, kind of the, the crux of it now, or I could be completely off. It's Monday. Yeah. No, I think, you know, I, this is something that I struggle with a lot, too, is figuring out how paint, how the paintings exist and how the sculptures exist side by side. And, like, am I, am I a painter? Am I a sculptor? And I don't think, like, when it really comes down to it, I don't know how important that is. But it, it, it's something that I have to sort of keep straight in my head um, and figure out exactly what what the different areas sort of mean or sort of contribute to the overall framework of what I'm doing in the studio. So the, the sculptures are completely different sort of working process for me. And that's been the hardest thing for me to adjust to. Um, I think in painting to a certain extent, like I kind of capitalize a little bit off of being able to make mistakes and sort of like put things on the panel and then repaint over them, mm-hmm. uh, without, 
without any sort of like repercussions if it doesn't work out, you know, I can always just sort of paint over it. But in sculpture, it sounds funny to say, but if I do that, then like things don't stay together or things fall over or things fall apart. So it's a, it's a similar thinking process, but then at the same time, I sort of have to make it at least have some sort of structural integrity, which has uh, been a big sort of hurdle for me to get over in individual pieces. And it makes the sculpture take a lot longer and it sort of slows me down in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I not only think about the, the pieces a little bit more conceptually, but also sort of technically how they're going to exist. Well, and so what kind of planning goes in, involved in that? Cause you know, obviously like I can, I mean, I, I think anybody that's familiar with your work can kind of think of, about the way that like drawing or um, that aspect of working two dimensionally is really straightforward, but you know, um, are you combining different different shapes that are that are kind of like, I don't know, just kind of like in that output, or is it something where it's very like really like kind of laid out, like it's going to look like this this shape, and then it's going to have black paint, and then this part's going to be like this. Um, it's yeah, it's interesting that you ask because it's 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 it all has a by all intentions, it, it, it's very planned out. It's very well planned out in my sketchbooks or sort of by drawings. Um, but then it hardly ever works in that way. So I make these parts of these components and they don't go together the way that I think they should or can. And so it means that I sort of have like a lot of these little pieces and parts just laying around the studio that then sort of reconfigure to become new sculptures. And so it's really like if, if you were to follow my thought process through an individual sculpture, it would sort of break into like four different sculptures in the end. Um, and so, and that's just like completely different, but it still allows me, I think, to uh, sort of process things in a sort of like uh, instinctive way or sort of uh, trying to get this sort of like intuitive um, sort of angle to the sculptures where they kind of uh, come about as, as constructions um, that aren't, you know, functional by any means. They aren't sort of like planned um, out to a T at the end. And they sort of have a little bit of um, interest to me because of that, you know. I mean, even though it's a pain in the ass when it's like something doesn't work the first time and then I have to kind of like just let it sit in the studio for a long time and let it sort of like percolate and see what, what will come up. Um, but it's... It, it's it's well worth it in the end. I think it, it makes things uh, makes sculpt the sculptures pretty interesting to me to work on and try to resolve and figure out how they're gonna how they're gonna end up. Sure, sure. Well, and is there a specific choice? I guess in terms of material as well, because um, it seems like I mean, well, just like I think anybody that kind of gets involved or invested in in um, like a primary kind of avenue of exploration, you know, they're a painter, they're a sculptor. Um, you know, you kind of gain like a certain technical proficiency, you know, yeah. doing things a certain way. And so in, in working in, um, you know, a medium that's not necessarily, I, I don't know, do you feel like it's, it's, um, something that you're, you're just as akin to as painting? And I guess because of that, are there, are you forced to kind of have to go with these different directions when you're like, Oh, this material isn't going to work out. I got to do this. Yeah, I think a little bit, I think I tend to, um, try to use materials that are sort of readily available to me. And, I, and that's not to say I don't purchase things, um, but when I do purchase things, they tend to be from Home Depot more than, like, I'm not using sort of, like, casting 
anything. Right. I'm not using sort of like good foam. I'm using styrene. I'm using uh, wood, sort of scraps of wood that I have laying around, and um, also then uh, like a putty for the walls. You know, drywall putty. I used uh, to cast stuff sometimes, so it's pretty readily available materials, and I and I think that that's um, that's a part of sort of the the content, I guess, to a certain extent, in the sense that I'm I'm not looking to to make something that looks slick. I'm not I'm not making these for them to be cast in bronze and then be on a pedestal. Um, a lot of the sculptures in the Peoria show went on the floor, you know, straight on the floor. They kind of have, I, you know, everybody sort of refers to it as a folk sort of reference because they're kind of the way that they're thrown together. But I kind of think of them too as um, being totemic to a certain extent, or having sort of like a, a, a you know superstitious quality to them, or something that sort of like references um, more rural cultures or more sort of like ancient cultures and. So that has that sort of hopefully has a, a certain amount of mystery to it, uh, in addition to having sort of like this aesthetic, interesting quality to it too. That's in the ideal sense. I don't know how often that actually happens. That's well, a little bit of the intention. Well, one of the things that you bring up that that um, I probably completely reaching, but I, I know that you're also a a fan of Suculos, Giorgio. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't um, watch that as much as I, I, I you know, I, I have a Facebook <laughs> reputation for watching that because people keep commenting on that picture that I posted a really long time ago. You're, um, you're, I think you're in denial, Ben. But um, <laughs> you know, I think if, I, if, if I anybody watched, sees Ben, ask him about George, Giorgio. I was going to just say that, like for me. Um, I'm trying to look for something in there. The reason that I bring up the ancient thing is just that, that you kind of have that same thing where you don't really necessarily know what the um, ultimate objectives were of something that might seem like pieced together or, or fragmented or primitive or whatever. Yeah. Um, but is there a specific kind of uh, way that you're working in terms of the subject of it, or is it um, just very reactive to the materials or... Well, I think it. I think it is reactive to a certain extent, but then I think probably more importantly is that it sort of do something more than what the materials are in the first place. And so, even if I have these like scraps of styrene, or uh, I just made something with a, we had a our second tree in the neighborhood fell down uh, in the middle of the night. And it was the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life because I could hear the roots breaking from the ground, even though it was across the street from me. And, so the tree fell down at like 4.30 in the morning. And, um, they had to cut it up, obviously, to take it away. And, and I and I sort of scavenged a couple of good pieces of wood for the base of a sculpture. And, and it's, you know, it took me a while to figure out how to use it. Certainly logs have been used in art pieces before, sometimes successfully, quite oftenly not very successfully. Um, so it took a while for me to figure out a way to make them into something more than just being another art piece on a log. Um, and so that's, I think, more important than it being a reaction to materials to me is that it sort of, I hate to use the word transcend, but it, it, it sort of become more than the materials and then reference this narrative or this sort of like this uh, these ideas, even if we can't quite 
put our fingers on it. So I'm not making like totems that are specific to any culture or, you know, I'm, I'm trying very hard not to uh, appropriate from ancient cultures, uh, but rather sort of mimic what they've done to make totems in the past or try to sort of, you know, get in the mindset of like using the materials they have around uh, making them into aesthetic objects that can function in, in a culture and society then, uh, even if the culture and society is just my own house or, you know, you know Brian Selke's treehouse or something <laughs> like that. It's not like these are, um, you know, being broadcast or being studied by anthropologists, but... Um, well, they might be confused someday. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just bury them all in my yard and then somebody will have a dig 100 years from now and that, that's when they'll be studied. Yeah, that's, you know, when you really, it's really not until, you know, much later in life when you think about how much more fun it'd be uh, being an archaeologist in the future. Yeah. When they're, yeah. you know, dusting out and finding, like, kettlebells that are just, you know. Yeah. It's like, what are these metal balls with handles just buried yeah. in the sand here? Um, anyways, um, I was, so one thing that I was going to ask and, and kind of moving forward to that to that show um so what, what kind of goes through your head in terms of, like, preparing for a space? Because um, it sounds like a number of the, the, the places that you're, you know, going to be showing at in the near future have different, you know, different kind of connotations. You know, obviously, um, you know, we're talking uh, with uh, Brian a bit later uh, specifically about um, his his space out in uh, Arlington Heights, the, the treehouse and the playhouse, um, Best Friends Gallery. Um, but what kind of uh, things go through your head in terms of... Uh, I guess dealing with that with a kind of space like that. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, you know, it, I think that it obviously you have to kind of take into consideration size because, like we said, I think Brian emailed me the dimensions of the floor. I think it was like fifty-eight inches by sixty some inches. Um, so space becomes a big thing, but in some ways, uh, it's not a bad thing because I, you know, I. I've had thoughts and often wondered if I had like this huge gallery and, you know, unending budget, what I would do with it. Uh, in some ways, Brian's gallery lets me make a really big sculpture for a, a small space on an affordable budget, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the things that I thought about quite a bit with Brian's Brian's gallery or the Best Friends gallery. Uh, and then the, the craziest thing about the hardest thing for me with, with Brian's gallery is that it has technically he has like three spaces now because he has the treehouse, he has a sandbox underneath and, and a little kid's playhouse as a satellite gallery. Um, and it, that just blew my mind. Uh, and that's been hard. So I, you know, I have to say that my approach to that is going to be definitely to take a bunch of work and see what works in the space. And I, I don't know how to prepare for a play school playhouse you know i just have never had to do that before so i'm not sure what's going to work in that space at all but um but in some ways i think that's great fun um and, and i think and I, I bet brian will kind of talk about that a little bit too in the sense that it's just like it's such a challenge and very interesting to sort of work through those ideas um and then you know just another example of ways that i think about it the Peoria Art Guild was, uh, was interesting. I, I unfortunately didn't get to make it to see the space before I was in there, um, but I knew that I just wanted to sort of make something that referenced a garden, and so I made a fence 
sort of a fence and I made all these little sculptures that were installed on the floor and then made some sculptures that were on the wall that were sort of to reference sky-based phenomena. Um, and that worked out really well. I mean, I guess it could have fallen on its face, but I was kind of judging off of photographs of how much work I needed and how it was going to be arranged. Um, but then when I got in the space, it was, it was actually pretty easy to put together and went pretty efficiently. Um, and then the last one I'll mention is Heavy Brow Gallery in Bloomington, downtown Bloomington, is two stories. Um, and so I'm going to kind of play off of, I've, I've always done a lot of reading in sort of alchemy and mysticism, and there's this concept called, or that they sort of reference quite a bit in, in mysticism, that's called as above, so below, meaning that the things that we sort of see in the sky or we see as sort of cosmological in nature are reflected on what's what's on the ground. And so I'm going to try to really capitalize off of that space being two floors um, and, and somehow use some kind of weird symmetry uh, between the two floors. So there's sometimes like the spaces are just... Uh, you know, just present themselves in a way that it's, it's very, it makes a lot of sense for me to work in a, in a particular way like that. Well, I think the one thing that's so interesting to me about it is that it's very, it's very easy to kind of get caught up in a particular kind of space, you know, yep. and I think certainly I'm, you know, completely guilty of that. You know, I, I typically think of my work as just being hung on white walls in a gallery somewhere. Um, yeah. And I think the thing that's so interesting about it is just the way that hopefully I think people can kind of bring a different perspective, you know, looking at this work in a different environment where, you know, you might notice something about it in terms of like scale on that, you know what I mean? On that, on that size and, you know, just the different context of it being outdoors as opposed to being, you know, part of an institution or, or something like that. And so, I don't know, it's, it's very interesting to think about the way that all of those things might, uh, I don't know, bring us more, uh, more interesting things from you. For sure. For sure. So, well, thanks again for taking the time to, uh, keep us uh, updated and, uh, you know, I'm glad that we could, uh, do it. Yeah. Thanks Dave. It's great to talk to you again. Well, thanks again to Brian and Ben for joining us today. Once again, if you want to find out more about Best Friends Gallery, just check it out on Facebook. You can also check out Benjamin's work by visiting BenjaminGardner.com. As always, our music was found at FreeMusicArchive.org, where they've got thousands of songs that you can download, whole albums, a little bit of a pun, a little bit of a joke for the intro music, but that was Zoo Cruise Friends Forever. And taking us out will be The Wounds Old Friends and Knives. Once again, if this is the first time that you're hearing of Studio Break, we'd invite you to check out the Studio Break blog. We've got 37 full in-depth interviews. Each of them have slideshows, and once again, it's very easy to just hover over the MP3 file, right-click, save target as, so you can just drag it on your desktop. But again, most people just go to the iTunes store, search for Studio Break under podcasts, and subscribe there. Once again, this message is for you, Steve, Sarah, Dave, John, Sally, whomever is listening out there. We'd really appreciate it if you left some feedback on iTunes. Again, it just helps with visibility and more people can see like, oh, this is a cool art podcast that I should check out. And so please do that. Leave us some good comments and feedback. And again, since we've recently lost visibility to some other podcasts, namely things like Studio B, which garners plenty of 
listener feedback. We'd really appreciate it if you helped us uh, even it out a bit by leaving some comments there. Of course, it's always good practice. You'll get plenty of karma in return, and you will sleep better at night knowing that you have helped contribute. So we'd really appreciate that. Last couple of reminders before we get going. The show Degrees, a group show, opens up at Swell Gallery. That's one, two, three and a half West Main Street in West Dundee, Illinois. And it's a group show that features artists like Benjamin Garner, Tim Kowalczyk, Jeff Robinson, Jared Wittenmeyer. Again, I am not an official announcer, so if I screwed up those pronunciations, I apologize. But once again, should be a good variety of work in the show, so please check it out on August 4th. I know they'd love to see you there. Our last reminder, Benjamin Gardner's show, The Star Spell Silence, opens up at 7 p.m. July 28th this Saturday, so please come check it out. I know that they'll be happy to see you there and be happy to share in that conversation. Once again, we really appreciate you listening to Studio Break, and we'll talk to you real soon. When I was, you know, when I was little, I'd be like, hey, you want to come over and play Jurassic Park?